Hello there, Matthew J. Elliott here, taking time out from doing British things like correcting people's grammar and... Well, that's it really, to congratulate you, the listener, for selecting the True Blue Riffcast. Yes, you could have picked any one of the thousands of Riff Tracks themed podcasts on the web, but your perspicacity led you to seek out the number one Riff Tracks podcast, and for that, you should be commended. Now I'm going to turn you over to your hosts, Dave and Jeremy, and I shall board a flight back to England without even so much as the boxed lunch I'd been promised. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> I beat you. Oh, I beat you to it. Thank you, I was Matthew. Taking a sip of coffee. Yeah, and uh, well, you 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 got to be quicker than that. So I welcome do. to I the do. True Blue Riffcast, the number one riff tracks podcast in the world. I don't know if you have an in the world uh, uh, graphic audio thing for me. But I know you have one for you. But anyway, uh, I'm Dave, and I am joined, as always, by... Hi, I'm Jeremy, and yeah. I'm the number one Rift Tracks fan in the world. Yeah, but you yeah, but you lost control of the podcasts. <laughs> I did. I always control. do. You always take it over. Dude. Yeah, but like, I, it's uh, like right, right out from the gate, guns blazing. <laughs> I own he's this ready mountain. and raring to go. It's it's been a while since yeah. we've recorded an episode, yeah. so we're we're both kind of anxious and yeah. excited to get to get doing this. Yeah, fun fact, fun fact, everybody. Jeremy does basically all the work for this podcast, and I give him a lot of uh, crap while we're here on the air. He's got to like edit out a lot of dumb shit <laughs> I say. So I just want to say, you know, be like, you know, thanks, Jeremy, for everything you do for the True Blue Riffcast. I know sometimes it seems like I'm a I'm an obnoxious a-hole, but I really do appreciate all the work you do for the podcast. I just want I I I just want that out there on the record in public. I appreciate that. Okay. Since since we're right after Thanksgiving, uh I I also thank you for doing this with me because it would be terrible if it was just me rambling on by myself. Yeah, it would be super boring. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Oh man, we do have a lot to talk about today. Yes, we uh, do. We two riffs that we're going to be discussing. Um, oddly enough, even though we haven't recorded in a few weeks, we haven't really missed a lot. No, we didn't. We didn't get a new release last week on Black Friday. Uh, the week before that, we got one, and then we had like a short. But we do have Battle for the Lost Planet to talk about. That short is bananas. Oh yes, the uh, the munch munchers. We'll save that for a uh, for a short review of Rift Tracks shorts. Yes, that will road. be coming coming soon, I'm sure. Because I I I I feel like that thing deserves its own <laughs> its own long discussion, and this yes. this episode is already going to be very long. We also have the latest uh, MP3 release, just the jokes for uh, Jim Kata. Jim Kata. In the meantime, before we get to that, we have four episodes of The Mandalorian to discuss. Yeah, we sure do. Hold on, wait a minute. Jeremy, eventually at some point you're going to need to get uh, a, a clip so I don't have to do this every time. <laughs> True Blue Mandocast with Jeremy and Dave. The first thing we need to talk about is what happened in the second episode of the season. You might remember a part of a discussion that Dave and I had prior to this about when we thought the fans were going to start turning on Baby Yoda. This was in the episode labeled The Urkel Factor. In fact, The Urkel yes. Factor, the, the episode The Urkel Factor takes its name 
from this very discussion that we're talking about, the Urkel fact. I said halfway through the season. Turns out it was episode two. Yeah. Because he ate some eggs. Yeah, he ate some eggs. So l- let's give some 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 context, okay? So uh, officially in canon, um, okay, Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris <laughs> is, character. yeah, my favorite character in all of Star Wars, Amy Sedaris. Uh, so favorite that I can't even bother to commit her character's name to memory. Um, <laughs> she gives Mando and uh, the child, or Grogu now, more on that later. Like, okay, I know where the Jedi are. You can find other people that will tell you where the Jedis are, but you have to take this frog lady. Frog lady is her canon name. To this to to this planet where the other where you know all the people will tell you where the Jedi are. So it's basically we're like two steps removed from the Jedi at this point, or other Mandos. Yeah, other or, Boba yeah, Fett. Something. Yeah, and um, this was a month ago. We can't remember. Yeah, it's <laughs> but Frog Lady. Her name in canon is is that she has to get to her home planet to meet up with her husband Frog guy or frog man uh and she has with her this container this airtight container with water and a bunch of floating purple eggs in it that are un that are, are unfertilized okay they are unfertilized eggs they made a big deal about that okay yes now baby yoda's big thing is that he's cute right and he's you know cute and he's always hungry he's always hungry and they played that up in this episode, and and Baby Yoda looks at this thing like, oh, look at this! Like, I wonder what this is. I'm a dumb baby, right? So, <laughs> Frog Lady takes her backpack with her eggs off and puts it down. They go up to the cockpit, and she falls asleep. Everyone else falls asleep. Mando wakes up like, oh, I wonder where Baby Yoda is. Goes downstairs and finds Baby Yoda. Uh, fishing around in the container, and he pulls out one of the these unfertilized purple eggs and eats it. Okay. Yep. My reaction when I saw that was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> like, no, no, don't, don't eat that. Right. So, like, it got the exact right reaction. Right. I was like, it yeah. was. I, I, I think it was supposed to be a combination of cute and gross, and they nailed it. Right. I was just like, "Oh they no." Did. It's just like, uh, but like at no point did I think that like, oh no, her, he's eating her babies. Right. Yeah. So, um, it's the same as us eating, eating chicken eggs. Yeah. They're yeah. Unfertilized. It, yeah. It's the e- same thing. Except we don't just pull them out yeah. of the carton and pop them into our mouth. Yeah. We go to Denny's at 11 o'clock at night and get like, you know, fried <laughs> eggs and moons over my hammy and, you know. Baby O didn't do that. Like, nope, right out of the thing, right? And he eats nope. like three of them throughout the course of the episode. Okay. So uh, what Jeremy was talking about, like, when when are people going to turn on Baby Yoda with the Urkel factor? I don't know if this is the Urkel factor a lot. I mean, in a, in a sense, it could be. But I think it's really more of the, the, the guy who wrote this article is a moron. Um, so there was this article. I mean, there were a few people talking about it. It wasn't just this one guy, but right. But like, okay, but this is the the, the one that I saw and the one that I sent to Jeremy. They got from, from collider.com on November 7th. Jeez, this was a long time ago. Um, (laughs) 
The Mandalorian Season 2. Headline, Baby Yoda Devoured a Woman's Children and We Need to Talk About It. That's the <laughs> that's the headline. Baby Yoda <laughs> Devoured a Woman's Children and We Needs to Talk About It. Is that even... No, he is didn't. That, is, okay, first of all, is that, like, regardless about, you know, the whininess of it, Baby Yoda devoured a woman's children. Is that is that syntax even correct? That doesn't seem like it's right. So. Baby Yoda devoured a woman's children. It's that 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 doesn't seem right. <laughs> I I don't know. We're gonna have to get. I I I'm sure there's a listener out there because they're ever everywhere. Grammar. I'm not gonna say the word that begins with N and finishes with A Z I S because. You know, you know how the internet is now, but um, <laughs> the grammar police, is this correct? Send an email to Dave at TrueBlueRiffCast.com. Baby Yoda devoured a woman's children and we need to talk about it, particularly with a the woman's children. I like the, I like the uh, the sub headline. It is time to discuss the bad thing the baby did. This, yes, it's time to discuss the by by Vinny Mancuso. Should we read this? How long is this going to take? I don't think this is very long. No, I don't think I don't think we got time to go through the whole thing. No, but uh, we got too much. I'll just read the first paragraph. Go. I'll just read. Yeah. How cute method Disney creation be before we're before we're hold on. Take two. Welcome back from the internet, everybody. How cute must a Disney creation be before we're chill with it eating the unborn children of a refugee mother? These are absolutely not the questions I thought the Mandalorian season two would have me asking. And yet here we are after the passenger in which baby Yoda, whom I will not be calling the child, despite what any target exclusive merchandise would say, munches on some munches, munches on some larvae as a treat. The context in his ongoing search for fellow Mandalorians, our main Mando, Pedro Pascal, is tasked with ferrying a frog lady and her spawn to her husband one sector away. The catch, however, is that Mando can't jump to hyperspace because it would kill the frog lady's spawn, thus ending her family line forever. She makes this very clear. These eggs are the last of my brood of my life cycle, she says to Mando. My husband has risked his life to carve out an existence for us on the only planet that is hospitable for our species. Oh, how much longer is this? Just, just, a, just a little bit more. In a slight tonal shift, there is also a recurring gag throughout the episode that sees Baby Yoda just popping these spawns into his gullet, into his gullet like kettle corn, just crunching this frog lady's family tree like he's halfway through the trailers at the AMC matinee. Not this year, mansplainer. <laughs> Baby Yoda doesn't often have a defined goal throughout the episodes of The Mandalorian, but here my guy is singularly focused on devouring as many as these embryonic snackaroos as his tiny body can handle. In the episode ends with Baby Yoda staring this mother in the eye triumphantly in his ungodly mission to decimate her family for generations to come before slurping down one more egg. <laughs> And there's more, uh, but uh, it's a great reading, by the uh, way. 
Hey, you know what? Everybody, you can't you can't stop eating poplars, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great Futurama reference. Uh, no, but like, okay, they made it clear in the episode that they were unfertilized. Yeah, these are unfertilized eggs. In the in the the next episode, okay, there is actually something grosser that happens in this episode uh, because they're they're escaping um, the uh, the space police. Yeah, and uh, they and crash they, on, on this, this ice planet. planet. Yeah, and uh, baby baby Yoda finds all of these other eggs while the frog lady is sitting in a hot spring with her eggs floating in the water. Uh, baby Yoda finds other eggs, and he rips one open, and Ugh. it's got this green slimy little spider. He thing eats in it. everything. And he just slurps it right down. And uh, then the rest of those come alive. So you know what? When that big mama spider comes out, I think he's more guilty of eating her children than he is the frog ladies. Yeah, but I mean, it's a spider. Spiders aren't it's alive. Spider. <laughs> spiders aren't. Uh, but they spiders don't have souls. Frog ladies <laughs> do. <laughs> they they get off the ice island uh, with actually the help of the space police uh, because Mando. You delivered all those bounty hunters in the previous season uh, on the space prison ship thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bill Burr. What are they coming Bill back? Burr. Those guys were great. And uh, so they go to the water planet that's full of Akbars. Yes. Uh, the Mon Calamari. Oh, I oh, I I I have something to say about this planet and this season about the Mandalorian in general is that. um Okay, so you have these Cthulhu aliens, right? And they're like pirates, okay? And you have the Think Mon Davy Ca- Jones from yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. And you have these Mon Calamari um, that are Akbars, okay? And then we even get the guy from the very first episode. Yes, back. exactly. And that, that's in the next episode. Everybody Everybody is treating all these uh, fish aliens... Like, like it's totally okay to be racist against each of these fish alien people. Like, I, w- I, I don't know if Frog Lady is included. I don't know if I would include her as being a fish alien. But um, definitely because Mando says, Puh, Mon Calamari. Like, just in this totally, like, <laughs> there's this totally, like, racist against Mon Calamari. Like, Mon Calamari can't fix anything, right? And he's just, like, yeah. straggling along. And they... And it's okay to just murder all these Cthulhu monsters on mm. uh, they're on they're on planet Lovecraft Boston of <laughs> Star Wars. And that does happen because uh they they take Mando to find the other Mandalorians. Uh but it's a it's a trap. It is a trap. Uh, it's they, a trap. They end up they want to kill him and take his Beskar. And then the other Mandalorians show up. Yeah. They jet back in. Yeah. And it turns out to be Bo-Katan from uh, the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. Oh, is, oh, oh, is that another uh, Rebels thing? I didn't know. Yeah. I just know that it's Katie Sackoff, Sasha Banks, and a guy whose name I don't know. Now, Sasha Banks. Now, okay, well, first let's start off with Katie Sackoff. Katie Sackoff, I'm sure many people in our audience will know, most famous for Longmire. No, I'm just kidding. She's most famous for um, uh, I, I almost said Star Trek: The Next Generation, but that's that's not it. It's Battlestar no, Galactica. 
Yes. And the other female Boba Fett that they get to take their uh, helmets off is the professional wrestler we all know as Sasha Banks. Um, So, and uh, Sasha Banks, I'm I don't know if she's a great actress. You can't really tell from her performance because they didn't let her say a lot. I she think, does a good job of slurping down CG worms. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> like, I, 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 I think they brought her on to have her, like, so they could, like, shoot her, like, shoot her as in film her, um, and, like, have her, like, smirk at the camera and say, like, one or two things with her helmet on so people, so wrestling fans just go, like, oh, look, Sasha Banks, and then it's over. And so they have yeah. the WWE market. Uh <laughs> And so uh, the WWE fans came for they got their Disney Plus subscription to see <laughs> Sasha Banks in The Mandalorian and they're yep. cool with it. <laughs> uh now Bo Katan, uh Katie Sackoff did the voice for the character in uh the Clone Wars and Rebels, and they actually modeled the character to look like her. Really? So yeah, so when she played her in live action, all they had to do was do up her hair a little bit. And she was good to go. Uh, But she is taking down uh, an Imperial transport ship and she needs Mando's help. Everyone needs Mando's help. Yes. He leaves the child, baby Yoda, with Frog Lady and her husband and their babies who, when we last see them, actually start to hatch because they had been fertilized. Yeah, because they had been fertilized. They they did their weird sex thing that's not really sex. What? And, that's, uh, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. So they they go, well, Bo-Katan and the other two Boba Fett's take off their helmets in front of Mando, and that, like, freaks him out. He's oh, there's like, an interesting story. Armor? There's an interesting story about that. Uh, sorry, I'm just yeah. going to take the reins here again for just a second. <laughs> there's an article, there, 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 there's a rumor out there that when that got filmed, because Pedro Pascal lost his mind because, like, as an actor, he wants everybody to see his great face. And look at me, I'm Pedro Pascal, I'm a movie star. I was in Game of Thrones, and I got my skull crushed in. Uh, and uh, so, but um, uh, but when he got to the, uh, the contract, they're like, no, you have to put your helmet on for the whole thing. He never takes his helmet off, and it was a big deal. And they're like, okay, we'll let you take your helmet off one time, and it's got to be with I, with not IG-88, IG-11. Yeah, IG-11. Yep. Uh, if you don't know who IG-88 is, Google it. But when Katie Sackhoff and Sasha Banks and uh, Nameless White Male show up and take their helmets off, and uh, apparently Pedro Pascal didn't know that was going to happen until they shot it, because I guess he doesn't read this. Because I guess he doesn't read the script. Uh, and like, I guess he like lost his mind. He started like cursing everybody out. He like called. He like called George Lucas. Called uh, Kathleen Kennedy, Kevin Feige. John Favreau, everybody in charge, and he got on the set and he threw a fit, and they're like, "You need to leave the set right now." And it was almost you know a what? big deal. I remember reading about that, and I think that's a load of crap because I it just, actually I just, yeah. said I just heard it about, actually yeah. said that he quit the show. That was that was. I don't what think he quit the show. He quit. I don't think he. No, quit I know, the but show. that's what people were. That's what people were saying happened. But, that he th- quit the show because he got mad about it, but I. I really doubt that that's the case. Uh, yeah, I doubt that he all. quit. 
I don't think that that I, but I I can buy that this story happened. At, yeah, at least partially. Uh, like, I don't like, think yeah, he called like, everybody, like, but yeah, like 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 in some in some context, I think that story is true. Where he got upset to be like all these guests who get to come on for one shot, <laughs> more on that, and show me up, get to have literally more FaceTime than me. And what's the deal, right? Me, Pedro Pascal, yeah. look at my great face. I was on Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, anyway, that's the story with uh, with that. So anyway, Katie Sackhoff and Sasha Banks. But we, we find out that uh, Mando is part of a religious sect of Mandalorians that left the planet Mandalore. And they, they were called the Children of the Way or Children of the Walk or something like that. Yeah, and something dumb. <laughs> Yeah, they, they wanted to go back to the top of their head. They wanted to go back to the old ways and like they could never take off their helmets around people and blah blah blah. And so basically, yeah, he's just like, What? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So I think um I think that's probably gonna change, you know, where he's gonna maybe start taking the helmet off. Something's gonna happen. But that's that's just my guess. Maybe maybe in the, like the finale. Again, he'll remove the helmet, but I think it'll be on a more regular basis now. Um, but they they go and attack the uh, the freighter, and it turns out that she's just looking for Moff Gideon and the dark saber uh-huh. because the ruler of Mandalore is supposed to have the dark saber, and she's the one who's supposed to have it. Like she she's had it the, the show. true king. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and then like everybody on the ship dies except for the Mandalorians because they're ordered to kill everybody. Like Moff Gideon's like, you know what you need to do. Don't get captured. And so he like shoots the pilots and then he like bites an electronic thing in his mouth and like tases his brain or something. I don't know. Uh, so they tell Mando to go to this planet and go find uh, Ahsoka Tano. They name drop Ahsoka Tano and everyone like loses their minds. Yeah, tell him Bo Katan sent you, and and that was the end of the episode. And his ship gets kind of repaired from the uh, the crash in the previous previous episode. So in the next episode, he flies back to uh, Navarro. Navarro, yes, Navarro is and a fine to, planet. And we get Carl Weathers again. He and, directed uh, this episode. Yes, he did. And, then, and uh, uh, what's the actress's he did a name? Good job. <laughs> Welcome back from the edit, everybody. I just made a completely inappropriate <laughs> joke. That actress's name, who's who's uh, who I completely respect. Her name is Gina, something. Um, yes, but she's a great actress. She's a great part of the show. They end up. There's one more like stronghold, Imperial stronghold left on Navarro, and so they go to blow it up. But while they're there, they discover, oh there's uh, some experiments going on here and we see a recording from the scientist in season one who drew the blood from baby Yoda. I thought he was dead. I thought he was too, but apparently not. Yeah. Uh, Cause it was a recent recording, but yeah, they find out that they're, ago. they're using the blood to infuse these clones with midichlorians. Mm-hmm. Oh no! M count and stuff. What clones with midichlorian? The M count. Yeah, I like how they don't want to say midichlorians. Like, hey, look. Yeah. 
downplay the midichlorians because that's like <laughs> that's like that's like it, that word does not pull well with star wars fans it's like saying jar jar binks or rose tico don't say it you know <laughs> So they blow up, they blow that thing up. And uh, I mean, that was, that's the gist of the whole episode, basically. Basically what they're implying is that they're, uh, is that, is, 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 is is that they're setting up how they cloned uh, Palps, uh, old old Sheevy Palps for episode nine. And to that, all I can say is, at least they're giving it more thought than uh, J.J. Abrams did. (laughs) But enough about that. Let's move on to the next episode where we finally get to see Ahsoka Tano in person, now, played by uh, Rosario Dawson. Here's my thing. with um, I haven't seen Clone Wars or Rebels. Um, I went to go see the very first, like, the, the Clone Wars movie. Oh, God, like, with the baby Jabba. That was I, terrible. Here's the thing. I don't remember a lot about it. Number one, it was 2008. It was 12 years ago. And I walked out. <laughs> Uh, so like, but what I do remember, I do remember about that is I remember, uh, Ahsoka Tano running up, being like, hi, Anakin Skywalker, I'm your Padawan. And Anakin's like, what is this? Right. And, uh, I remember like, this is lame. Like, why are you getting, yeah, that's stupid. And I never thought I'd see that character again because the movie was not well received at all. No. So I never thought that, um that character would ever be anything. I mean, why would I? I mean, look at how stupid she looks. But apparently, she's like number one good girl. You know, she's like, she's like best boy. You know, she's, uh, she's everyone's favorite, like almost as much yeah. as Luke Skywalker. Now, there, there is a lot of connection with this episode and mainly Star Wars Rebels. Uh, Ahsoka Tano does show up for a few episodes in that show. One of them, uh, spoilers, she fights Darth Vader in a Sith temple uh, and her fate is unknown until almost the end of the final season of Rebels where uh, the main character, Ezra Bridges, uh, basically goes back through time and saves her. Okay, so uh, here's this the thing. weird force portal. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. You just told me more. You just gave me more context about what I had to expect from this latest episode of The Mandalorian than what the show gave me. <laughs> right? I'm yeah, not. Well, I'm it, not trying to complain about it, but I'm just saying that it's just. It just seems like. I didn't have a lot of context. Like Ahsoka Tano shows up. I know she's Ahsoka Tano because everyone makes the big deal about her all the time, but like yeah. everything else that's happened, it's implied that I'm supposed to know what's going on and I don't. <laughs> so I'm uh, glad I have you to explain it to me. I mean, no, really, I really am. I mean, you know, it yeah, was a he, good episode, but at the same time, it's like, what's happening here? Yeah, uh, it was this episode for for further context was directed and written by Dave Filoni. Uh, he's the guy who wrote the Clone Wars and Rebels and whatever Star Wars Resistance was, and he directed this episode. So he knew like everything he could put in there to to get the fans, the people who've seen the other stuff. Because also in Rebels, we are introduced to the canon version of. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Okay, yes, I have to talk about that because 
when she said, where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? I lost it. I was just like, hey, that's a word. Like, yes, that's that's something that I know. Because I would be like, oh, no, like live action Thrawn. We better get to see that. They better not say his damn name and then have him not show up. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> that got me I, I would imagine he they will. actually spoke his name in the show. Because, dude, I'm so st- Dude, Thrawn, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a huge I'm a Thrawn fan. I don't know if you can tell, but yeah, it's um he's one of my favorite Star Wars characters. He is the main enemy uh in the last two seasons of Rebels. And uh the series ends with him and Ezra both missing. The series actually ends right after uh Return of the Jedi where Ahsoka Tano and Sabine Wren, who's the resident Mandalorian on the show, decide that they need to go find Thrawn and Ezra. And so this is the first time we've seen them since that, and she's still looking for Thrawn. Definitely, definitely, now you have to check out Rebels, because you know Thrawn's in it, so. Yeah. Uh, the other thing of importance that we get from this episode is Baby Yoda's name. Oh, that's right. Which was right. already mentioned once this episode. Grogu. And that was Grogu. Grogu. Yes, Grogu eat the eggs. Grogu eat Gro- the eggs. Grogu. Yeah, I, 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 I like saying Grogu like that because there was this. There's this old video game called uh, Warcraft Two, and one of the big things everybody remembers about this game from like the mid '90s is that you like click on like your orcs uh, a lot of times, and they'll say like weird stuff, uh, and what. Fun fact, one of the things that the that the orcs would say, like, yes, ready for work. What? Right? One of them would be like, this is around the time when home improvement was was like at it was like at the apex of its popularity. <laughs> and you know, people there are lots of people scratching their heads and I was like, what's a home improvement? But um uh home improvement was this sitcom, much like Family Matters in the nineties. Um, but it had it, Santa Claus in it. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. It, it, it was starring Tim <laughs> Allen. Be- yeah, it was. It was Tim Allen before he was known primarily for Toy Story. Uh, he was Tim the Toolman Taylor, and one of his catchphrases was rawr, 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 "Right," uh, because he's a big man and he likes tools. And um, rawr, 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 right, and uh, that was one of the things that these orcs say is rawr, rawr, "Right." So they they did like a home improvement <laughs> thing, and they left it in the game. And nobody past, you know, the year 1999 is going to recognize it unless, you know, specifically that's what it is. But anyway, there's, I'm getting there's away today's from uh, quick, quick history lesson on television. Yes. Yes. Last uh, we time gotta, it was, it was Urkel. And now yeah, it's last time it was family matters. Yes. Now it's, now it's home improvement. But uh, one of the, uh, one of the things that these orcs would say would be, right. In whatever their dumbass orc language is. And, uh, <laughs> That when I heard Grogu, I just hear it like zo like Zobu. I just say Grogu, you know. So anytime I hear Grogu, I gotta say it like the orcs in Warcraft. Grogu. <laughs> There's two minutes so of yeah, your they... life you're never gonna get back, ladies and gentlemen. You're welcome. <laughs> and now you're all caught up on the Mandalorian. That's <laughs> <laughs> so okay. Here, okay. So here's my thing about Baby. So Baby Yoda's not Yoda. Which okay, whatever. 
I thought maybe he was going to get sent back in time because I know they do like time travel time. I know they did time travel shenanigans in the TV show, but I guess it's not Yoda. It's Grogu. So is Grogu like Yoda and Yaddle's baby? I, I don't know. They, they did say that um, he was raised at the, uh, the Jedi temple on Coruscant. Then why he wasn't was he murdered for a while? Well, they, they said when, uh, the they executed order 66 he was taken from the temple and protected master skywalker hopefully we find out but uh yeah then it says his memory you know his memory from there is is dark and he doesn't really know what happened and then uh she said she couldn't train him because she sensed much fear in him and she knows what that can do because she saw it oh because of darth vader yeah so, you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to hate uh, leads wooden to performances by Hayden Christensen. And uh, uh, we don't want that in The Mandalorian, so she's not going to train him. He was okay. But she said if you take him stuff. if you take him to this other Jedi temple and put him on top of a rock, uh, he can reach out with the Force and maybe someone will hear him. Put him on the sorting hat. Yeah. So maybe that's how we're going to get, you know, like Ezra coming in or something. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll digitally de-age Luke Skywalker and have maybe they'll take him to Octo, and we get to see <laughs> more fish aliens and porgs. Porgs, oh man! So yeah, that's that's your that's your Mandalorian recap that's your, on that's the your true, true Blue Mando on, cast. On the True Blue Mando cast, and now we can finally talk about Rift Tracks. <laughs> I was about to say, do we have any time to talk about Rift Tracks now? <laughs> Yes, we do. We everybody, everybody who came here to, to listen to the riff tracks, it's like, oh my gosh, it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory? Now <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have to talk about Battle for the Lost Planet, and like, I just want to kill myself now. <laughs> yeah, Battle for the Lost Planet is not not it's good. Like, bad. I, I know that we say that a lot for a lot of movies. Yeah, uh, but this but it's, is really stupid. It's not the worst. Okay, I'll, no. I'll I'll say that. I know we we come on here a lot. We talk about oh, this was the worst movie ever, but it it wasn't. It was. It's definitely up there, though. You it's know, at least better than Lycan Colony. Yes, I'll give it. I'll give it that. Um, I do Lycan Colony the worst. Worse. I mean, I don't know if it can get worse than that. Well, I'm sure it can. <laughs> Let's not find out. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, yeah, Battle for the Lost Planet is about a industrial spy who takes a space shuttle out of a hangar and flies off planet uh, and then damages the controls just in time for these pig aliens to show up and destroy most of life on Earth. Okay, now as these he floats are the, off into the into outer space. These are the worst aliens we've seen on Rift Tracks. I will say that. Like, like, it's the like worst as far aliens as, as far as aliens overall. specifically on Rift Tracks. These are the worst. I can't think of a worst. Uh, I can't think of a worse alien. That I mean, like even the aliens in in Star Games had decent makeup. Yeah. Yeah, these guys are these guys are terrible. Every every effect in this movie is awful. Is is bad. Like, yeah. The the ships are like literally little toys that they like are like flying through like a background. Um 
when they when the cities are being destroyed from space, they look like they're just like cardboard cutouts of buildings. When, when, when you make the effects from Star Games look good, <laughs> sorry, 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 guy who did the oh, we'll get into that. We'll, we'll <laughs> to be continued. We'll put a pin in that. Pin it there. <laughs> remember it. We're putting a pin in that special effects. Remember yes. it. But yeah, it's uh, this guy. <laughs> There's this this schlub. Like he's supposed to be some industrial spy, and all these people know him. And yeah, he goes off in space, and as he's floating, it's what five years I think that they said he's floating in space. Uh, he's kind of going a little crazy because he's stuck in the ship by himself. And so he draws boobs all over everything. He walks around in his in his brown bikini underwear, which they they do make the joke that the underwear were white when he took off. <laughs> uh, but like there's this whole scene where he's like groping a pillow that he drew like the stick figure woman on with big boobs. You speak the true true. Uh, <laughs> and then uh he his orbit just kind of takes him naturally back toward Earth. Yeah, because that's how space works. <laughs> and uh he 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 lands back on Earth and he discovers that most of humanity has been wiped out. Derpity 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 derp. Yeah, he finds uh Dana, played by Denise Coward. <laughs> It's just, it's, oh my gosh. There's just weird, random things that happen. The worst, the worst scene in this movie. I'm just going to lay this out there. There is some nudity in this film. Yeah. Most of it is Harry. (laughs) Because there's a scene where uh, Harry and Dana are outside next to a fire. And they're talking and she's like horny on Maine (laughs) because... She's like, I want you to do all the things that you've been thinking about for the last five years. Yeah, no thanks. You don't know that what was, this that guy's was some been strong, thinking. That was some strong page 34 vibes Ugh. right there. Uh, listen to the last episode for, to get that reference, guys. Page uh, 34. <laughs> so they're under a blanket, both naked, and this mutant creature comes up and grabs her with its tentacle and drags her off of him and he gets up while he's naked and starts fighting this creature and uh, as mike says we uh we saw his lost planet yeah and uh uh what did kevin say something about uh dragon sack up a tree. yeah something like that yeah because <laughs> he climbed a tree naked <laughs> And uh, they called the monster the. Uh, cop I stepped out of the room. I, I stepped. I like. I like. I had stepped out of the room briefly, and I heard that joke, and I'm like, "Well, I'm glad I didn't see whatever it is they're talking about." Uh, you're lucky then for missing that because I didn't. Uh, but uh, they blow up like one of the command towers for the aliens, and that's the end of the movie. It's it's dumb. It's really dumb. It's like. It's there's no riff, but there's no dumb. plot points to talk about. Oh, the the riff is outstanding. There's so many things that I that I laughed about. They actually uh, referenced Jim Cotta in here once too during during a fight between Harry and Mad Dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's let's talk about the director. Let's talk about the director and the writer and the person who did the special effects for this movie. 
His name, His name is Brett, Brett Piper. Piper. Apparently, he has. I, I I would assume that he is friends with our good friend Dave and Giancola. And why why would I assume that, Jeremy? Like like what like what could possibly make me assume that he knows David Giancola, director of Time Chasers and Icebreaker uh, and others? Probably because he is the writer and special effects director and the director of the film Arachnia. What? Yeah. So he was responsible for that turd. I I I I gotta say, Brett Piper, I don't think you should be making movies, bro. <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. He's still making movies, and in yeah. fact, his latest movie that came out in 2019 was called Outpost Earth. Okay, listen to the okay. synopsis and tell me if it sounds familiar to you. Oh, yeah, okay, go ahead. Monstrous alien creatures have taken over the Earth and wiped out most of human civilization. Now a small band of renegade fighters must find the secret to defeating the aliens for the sake of all mankind. Wow, that sounds a hmm. lot like the movie we just watched. Yeah, Battle for the Lost Planet. Hmm, which also has a direct sequel called Mutant War. Or, or... The other, the other title, "Mutant Man Want Pretty Women." I'm glad you said that because that 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 sets me up to talk about this dude's. Okay, so on IMDb, he has a lot of credits. Okay, uh-huh. he, like we're, we're just going to go through the special effects credits because if uh. we go through all the because if we go through everything else, like I said, it's going to be like we'll be talking about Star Wars. We'll be here all day. Yeah. Um, We're only doing this just because of the titles of these yes. movies. Listen to these titles. These are the, these are the titles uh, of the special effects that this man has done. Okay, and the most recent one is this year. Um, there's one that's filming. Anyway, I'll just real monsters. Which okay, whatever. Shark encounters of the third kind. Zilla foot. Lichenmater. Sharkenstein. Nightmare, spelled with a K, like Nightmare. <laughs> Empire of the Apes. Snow Shark, Ancient Snow Beast. That's all one title. Snow Shark, colon, Ancient Snow Beast. She-Rex. Uh, oh, uh. <laughs> Kinky Kong. <laughs> oh. Bikini Girls on Dinosaur Planet. Uh, Among Us. Arachnia, which, you know, whatever. Yeah. Body Shop. Guerrilla Warfare, colon, Battle of the Apes. <clears throat> Night Thirst. Trapped, colon, Bury Alive. Hellgate, colon, The House That Screamed Too. Blood, Blood Red Planet. Terror House. They Bite. And that's, uh, they Bite, the, uh, the crossover between them and They Live. They bite. <laughs> they bite. Raiders of Raiders of the Living Dead. That was that's in 1986. I can't imagine what that's about. Oh. And Mysterious Planet. Um, I I have two things that I that I want to that I want to say about some of those. One, I uh, would watch a movie called Hellgate Colon. Yes. Uh, and two, uh, for like like Animator. Or lichen mater, or whatever. Lichen mater, like it? I don't know. It, it, it's kind of like it, that. Sounds like it was like lichen colony, and Roller Gator had a baby, and it's lichen uh, mater. He is he is also credited as being the tentacle wrangler. 
for that movie. <gasps> oh my god! He wrote Baby Ghost. What? I'm lying. That's he wrote lie. Baby Ghost. Oh, no, I'm lying. you gotcha. <laughs> oh man, I was. You got me all excited there for a minute. Oh, the point we're making here is that Brett Piper makes a lot of garbage. Yeah, a lot of it. And I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, what was it, Mutant War? I wouldn't be surprised to see that show up as a riff either. Just because it's a direct sequel to this movie. And I think uh, I think we might see it eventually. What Unless else is there really, left to do? Really, really bad. I don't know. They, they, they did just give it a Blu-ray release, uh, the two movies together on a Blu-ray. Oh well, I did. I did notice that. Maybe we will get it because you know Rift Tracks likes to make us suffer. They did it with Oblivion. <laughs> Thanks for that, Rift Tracks. I, I do. Watch- I do need to mention uh, this review for for Battle for the Lost Planet. I have to read you this one. Uh, this little bit here. Case in point: Battle for the Lost Planet, a rare example of a sci-fi film that succeeds despite its limitations. What? And from a production standpoint, Battle for the Last Planet achieves its goals. The absurd premise is superbly realized. The narrative moves along briskly, and the crudely executed special effects work in the film's favor. No, everything everything that man said is wrong. <laughs> That was from Michael Boer. Sorry, Michael Boer. Sorry. Okay, so you mean that's a pseudonym for Brett Piper. <laughs> Probably. Because that movie, that does not deserve any of that praise that I that like guy it. heaped on it. It succeeds, and the, and the things that suck about it actually make it better. <laughs> this is a good movie. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, that's not one that I could see sitting around watching Unrift in any... Oh, absolutely any not. You, you would watch two minutes of that movie and no doubt. Yes. I would at least get within the first couple minutes when he starts uh, humping the pillow, and I'd be like, yeah, no, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not, what was that, uh, what was that movie that, 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 was, that, had this, that had that grotesque... Rat Night of Terror. Uh, yes, with, rats. Yeah, they had. Um, this was worse than yeah. that. The, the two, the you two think, scenes in this. Yeah. Oh yeah. You think that was worse? I think. I think the scene in Rat is worse. It, it, I don't know. Uh, the, the dude doesn't get up and run around naked trying to do his uh, best. Tommy was. It's some pretty fierce humping that's going on. <sighs> in, in rats, but that's like the one thing I remember about rats. I was so horrified. By seeing that, I was just like, "Like, what is this, Rift Tracks? Wow!" Uh, let's let's move on from Battle for the Lost Planet. Yes, we do let's recommend do that. it, by the way. But uh, oh let's, yeah, let's I recommend to... it. It doesn't mean it's not dumb, though. I mean, it's, it's... no. Let's move on to the long-awaited riff of Jim Kata. Jim Kata. This movie has has been wanted by fans. By pretty Since much everybody. The MST3K yeah. like they they dropped all kinds of references to it back then. They've been dropping references throughout Rift Tracks to Jim Cotta, and now we finally got Jim Cotta. Now the big deal about Jim Cotta is it stars uh, the Olympic gymnast Kurt Thomas as an Olympic gymnast who learns martial arts to enter a deadly competition in the country of Parmesan. No, it's Parmistan, but still it's 
it might as well be Parmesan. One thing I want to note about uh, about our star here, Kurt Thomas, uh, doing my research as as we often do before we start talking about things, yeah, and right definitely before. not just during the the podcast itself. Yeah, we never do that. He recently passed away. He died Aww. in June, the day after my birthday. He died this year. He apparently had a stroke uh, at the end of May and just just didn't make it. So. Now he yeah. will be forever remembered by Rift Tracks fans. And and what is I'm sure bound to be a uh, a good classic entry in the uh the MP3. We need more MP3s because just like watching this one it's just like I just get so I I don't know what it is. I just I just get so excited whenever we get a new MP3 and get to run it along a movie like Rift Tracks. <laughs> you know? It's 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 really exciting for me to kind of like it just it just gets me really excited when we yeah get this was this was good I mean and let's see the last one we got was Avengers Endgame yeah and before and that it was uh, Star Wars yeah so I mean we still get them they're very few and far between now and um, you know I, I mean I, I I've said it before. I mean, the MP3, I mean, look, 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 I know the MP3 era itself is, is, is over. And I don't think we're ever going to see a return to just MP3s anymore. But I don't know, man. I would just really like to see more than four mm, a year. Yeah. I would, you know, something like, you know, I just kind of want like that, like excitement back. A little bit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Cause, yeah. Because I I, 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 I kind of feel like now I know there's tons and tons and tons of VODs out there that are potential that they haven't done. We're not scraping the bottom of the barrel and and stuff like that. I, that's that's not what I'm saying. We're not in danger of running out of of bad movies on video at all. I mean, I mean that that's absurd. Um, but we have seen a lot of them uh quite quite a bit not not nearly we haven't even scratched the surface of it but over the last few years you know they've just been giving us tons and tons and tons of these movies and so to to like get like a breath of fresh air like this especially people like you and me jeremy people who watch every single one of these it's really it's 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 so great to kind of like get like that that nostalgia boost of what rift tracks was 10 years ago that got us all excited to just be a part of this and to, well, and the good thing is yeah. we know we're getting one more this year. Yes. Mortal Kombat. And that is Mortal Kombat. So it kind of goes good with, with uh, Jim Cotta, you know, a nice double feature of, of yep. martial arts. Uh, but yeah, this one, and they're both about games too. Deadly games. Go figure. And oh, uh, this one, is, if you're listening, I know you guys have wanted to do uh, It's a Wonderful Life. Just do it. Just do <laughs> it. There is not one thing stopping you guys from doing it. Just do it. Yeah. We got a you tease know? of it in the Yule Log. Yeah. Uh, now, we need the whole thing, guys. I think that would be the perfect Rift Tracks present for, for, for 2020. We've been through a lot this year, guys. <laughs> like, the, like I, I think... It would be a treat for everybody to close out 2020 
but that's but that's just me. You know, I don't run rift tracks. I you know, I'm not telling you guys what you got to do. I'm just saying it would be really really nice. That's all I'm I saying. I tell you what, if we get a release at the 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 last the last couple of days of the year like we did with Attack of the Super Monsters. Oh yeah. Last year. I'll be I'll be happy because that one that was How great was that just to like cap off like 2019 that was already just a crazy insane year i dare say that that 2019 like rivals at at, at very least that that very last part of 2019 rivals like the very like the very first part of 2017 you know the run i'm talking about where just like yes they just were like cramming crazy ass like bam 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 it was just like knockout punch after knockout punch of just pure insanity and they did it again in 2019 and they capped it off with attack of the super monsters and just like what right but i um, mean we had a few this year because i mean the span of you know a month we got what suburban, uh, suburban sasquatch. sasquatch aladdin lichen colony yeah well um, i'll tell you what I, I was in there <laughs> stitches i dare say nothing i mean like as as fun of a year as we've had i i i don't think anything's really beaten suburban sasquatch yet a couple have come close yeah but (laughs) not like like if you put up like if you had to ask me now gun to my head riff of the year and it's between suburban sasquatch and lichen colony i think i would have to give it to suburban sasquatch you know i know I know some people out there are going to disagree, um, but uh, Suburban Sasquatch, man, you know, along with along with new MP3s, I think yep. that's the kind of movie that Rift Track needs. You know, like that's what gets me excited about about Rift Tracks is just crazy stuff like that, or or these these long awaited movies like Jimkata. Yes, like exactly. If we, if we ever get, you know. Uh, Masters of the Universe. That's like for a lot, yeah, a of, people, lot of people. That's people. the top a lot of the of list people. that they want. Let's get back to Jim Kata. Jim Kata. We start off with a an, an athletic competition, like an actual like Olympic. The guy's doing like the parallel bars or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, he he lands it. And whatever actual few people they had there on the soundstage uh, applaud. And then he goes, he goes immediately into a training montage for the game in Parmesan. <laughs> and like, like Kevin said, it's like they took all the other training montages from every other movie and put it into a blender and made a smoothie out of it. <laughs> and that really is what it felt like because he was being trained by like three different people on different ways to fight. Like the, uh, the Japanese guru who was telling him to hear, but only the air of the ax not the chopping <laughs> of the wood, which comes into play later when they're all shooting ahead him with bow and arrows. And he just listens to the arrows and dodges perfectly. But we also in this training montage or shortly thereafter, get to see Kurt Thomas do one of his signature moves that was actually named after him. He has <laughs> uh, three, three gymnastic moves that were named for him. There's, the Thomas Flair, which is uh, his pommel horse move, which I'm sure he did during the wonderful scene where he's like fending off all the villagers on this pommel horse that just happens to be sitting there. And, uh, you know, he's just swinging around, kicking everybody. Uh, the Thomas Salto. Uh, this is what he did in the movie. It's like a backflip. But then he also like 
twists the other way and lands on his feet. And he did that uh, during one of the scenes with the princess when he's having a conversation with himself, with one part of him pretending to be her. Uh, it's it's weird, but <laughs> I mean, it was a cool move. But uh, yeah, Sweet he, moves, uh, bro. yeah, totally. <clears throat> so he ends up going to uh, Parmistan uh, before he gets there. The princess was kidnapped and he he goes in and frees her. And then he goes on to the game and uh, they're all hunting him down, basically. And that's that's the whole <laughs> premise of the movie. I mean, obviously he wins, you know, he has yeah. the, the final battle against the uh, Zamir or whatever the guy's name was. And yeah, that's I mean, his dad dies like it's total. It's just bonkers. It's. I don't know how they came up with this idea. Well, no, I do because it was uh, the mid eighties. So there was lots of cocaine going on at the time, but push it to the limit. limit. <laughs> this is the type of movie that needed the riff tracks treatment. Yeah. Like I've never seen this movie without the riff tracks. Honestly, it would be fun enough to watch in a group of guys or a group of people, friends, whatever. If you're all like drunk or high or whatever, you'd probably get enjoyment out of it by itself. But it's more fun to do it this way. Yeah. It's just one of those things. I mean, I said it before. MP3s, they get the blood pumping, guys. Love them. Yes, we definitely need more MP3s, and I'm glad we're getting at least one more this year that we know about. Bring it on. I'm ready for Mortal Kombat. Woo! Mortal Kombat! And with that, another episode comes to a close. Uh, If you... If you like the True Blue Mando cast, head on over to <laughs> patreon.com slash True Blue Riff cast and you can support us for a couple dollars a month and you can get some bloopers and behind the scenes things and some looks ahead at what's coming. Uh, you get advanced access to the short reviews of Riff Track shorts. You get them 48 hours before the rest of the world has access to them and a bunch of other little fun things that we do over there. And I am Jeremy. You can find me at pbandawesome.com. You can find me on Twitter at PB and awesome. You can follow the podcast at TB Riffcast. And uh, I'm Dave Chadwick, a.k.a. Sugar Ray Dodds. Check me out on the web at SugarRayDodds.com. Send me emails at Dave at TrueBlueRiffcast.com. And we will see you guys next time right here on the True Blue Riffcast. Rock till you die. Rock till you die.